0: This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station.
1: Open for Business is powered by Bosbolay.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. BFM
0: 89.9, good morning. I'm Roshan Karnasen and welcome to Open for Business, the show that dives into the journeys and ventures of entrepreneurs and business leaders. This morning on the show, Edmund Tan, co-founder and managing director of the homegrown ice cream brand, Inside Scoop. When it comes to indulging in the world of locally made premium ice cream, one name stands out. Inside Scoop, this brand originated from a dream to make fresh ice cream for Malaysians using high quality ingredients with the goal of establishing a local presence in the premium ice cream market Dominated by international chains and brands, founded in 2013, Inside Scoop has evolved into a household name with over 40 outlets across the country. Last year, they hit a big milestone after Malaysia's largest homegrown dairy company, Farmfresh, acquired a 65% stake in Inside Scoop for around 84 million ringgit. Farmfresh taking a bite into Inside Scoop marks a new chapter in this homegrown ice cream maker's journey. Today on Open for Business, you will learn about Inside Scoop's inception 11 years years ago and the journey this adventure has taken, what FarmFresh brings to the table and the inside scoop on the business going forward with Edmund Tan, co-founder of Inside Scoop. Edmund, welcome to the show. morning, Roshan. Um, it's been 11 years since you started down this path, taking this business to over 40 outlets, you and your co-founders, and clocking in, in tens of millions of ringgit in revenue. Taking a look back, I'd like to get a better sense of what started you down this path. Because uh, if, I, if I understand correctly, you and your co-founders were all in finance. Yep. Um, why did you and your co-founders uh, enter the competitive world of ice cream?
2: <laughs> well, we decided that uh, we didn't like a stable corporate <laughs> life. <laughs> So uh, we decided, like, let's, shock, let's put a shock to the system and let's do something really hard like f and uh, And that's how we got started. Uh, but jokes aside, actually, uh, the real story is my then-ex-girlfriend really likes ice cream. Mm. Uh, she's really passionate about it. She has all things ice cream around the house and, and all that stuff, right? And I decided, hey, you know, since you like ice cream so much, why don't you do something in the ice cream space? And then we decided to start something together. But very quickly after that, uh, I made her an honest woman I decided to marry her so <laughs> that's that's how that's how we we got together and we got married uh, and then yeah that's the that's the journey of inside scoop we, we we wanted to start something that Shuli was really passionate about and also leverages on our experiences in the corporate affairs uh, in,
0: in the corporate world before and so there, there are three of you right, co-founders yes that's uh, right two of you investment bankers uh, Shuli is uh was an actuary Shuli was an actuary in great eastern yeah um I understand this, you know, you want to try something and we've we've seen people do that, right? Oh, I'm going to go into F&B because generally more accessible of the industries, but also high failure rate. And given that business is inherently risky, um, what gave you and your two co-founders the confidence um, to eventually leave your stable careers yes. and enter the world of entrepreneurship? I think this one uh, requires a bit
2: of preparation. So I, while I'm all for people starting businesses young and starting really early on in their careers, um, Shulia and I actually planned for this for quite a bit. We didn't mm. plan to start an ice cream shop. We planned to start our own business at some point in time. At least for me, like, that was that was high on my own Personal achievement list. So you know, when even when we were we would, we were had we had decent careers and we 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 could afford a certain lifestyle. We were quite thrifty and we were saving up for this. So that that sort of not say nest egg. That sort of financial freedom allowed us to take a bit more risk with our career. And I always knew that the thirty to forty range was when we wanted to take a bit more risk with ourselves. See what we can do. Um in that era when we first started was like 20 2012-2013 when we were toying with the idea. FB was quite sexy, and FMB is still sexy today. Um there was also the tech sector that was quite interesting. Mm. So we toyed with ideas in both spaces. Um but being a more conservative person, I couldn't bring myself to be to, to run a company that was constantly in need to raise funds, burn mm. money. So True to our, true to my personal character, uh, we we decided to go something more fundamental, and those were the only two spaces that I could think of uh, that we could work on.
0: Yeah. So, given uh, the background of you and your two co-founders, uh, this finance background, this actuary background, what you know, how this, I mean, you have given us a little bit of that sense, you know, this this kind of informed the way you looked at it from a financial perspective. Yep. Um, how else did it inform the way uh, you and the co-founders? Built uh inside school.
2: I think from our standpoint, we were looking at fairly fundamental, so like you know cash flow, making sure that our we, we have decent return on invested capital. Those sort of things are quite fundamental when we were doing financial analysis analysis and also listing companies for a living, right? Mm. Uh, we saw <laughs> hopefully some of the mistakes and we were sitting down there thinking, hey, what 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 would we have done in those situations when we were when we were advising clients, right? So we managed to apply some of the insights that we have then. Uh, and also and also the experiences that we gained throughout our career. So that was quite useful uh, in terms of making sure the fundamentals were right. We had a lot of insights there. Uh, in terms of what we felt the fundamental what what we felt was the right business fundamentals so that's how we looked at it unfortunately our experiences were mostly in the corporate sector mm-hmm. and not so much hands on or like you know <laughs> running the day to day the real world problems right sometimes the real world problems are the one that really stand out but yeah we we were definitely learning on the fly when it comes to the real world problems but but being in corporate jobs before the the experiences in how to manage a business or how to manage finances
0: and how to set it up was definitely very useful. So you had that that sense of financial maturity. Yes. you had that background. Yes. you had this theory that you could bring to the business. Yes. like this is how we're supposed to do it. Yes, but, theory, banyak la. theory banyak la. Whether theory banyak, banyak la, whether theory banyak <laughs> actually practical or not la. That's the part that we struggled with the most. <laughs> uh. Ah, so tell, tell us a little bit about that when you started the business.
2: So first of all, we thought that we were busy, and uh, we were thought we were busy, and we were we were how to say swamped all the time in an investment bank, right? Oh, mm. we work long hours and stuff. You guys have no. idea idea investment <laughs> bankers listening to this show like running a hands-on business whether in fmb manufacturing or anything else um, the the commitment is not to say as a banker we didn't commit ourselves we did but here it's just because it's your own baby you actually put double the effort in and it was it, it's, it's, it's impossible to say this or it's impossible to comprehend until you're actually in it We we actually put more effort in it's not because we put less effort into our previous jobs it's just that the, the, the stretch and the, the amount of commitment that you put into this is a lot more mm. um, because it's your own baby and you're working, at least in F&B, you're working really hard for large number of transactions for very, relatively small revenue, uh, re- 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 fairly small ticket size. And you are only as good as your last ticket. Mm. I mean, as a banker, we, we always say that you're only as good as your last deal. Yeah, you do three or four deals a year. That's fine. You've got a three-month, four-month life cycle. You're getting a ticket every couple of minutes, hopefully, <laughs> right? So you're only as good as your last receipt or your last ticket. So it's it's constantly being on your toes. That was quite, that was quite challenging for us and recalibrating that that was quite challenging for us. <laughs>
0: When you, we were talking a little bit about that confidence that gave you the, I mean, like what gave you the confidence to start in, and a bit of that was the thriftiness, the, and also, I guess, that you had built, that you all three had built a little bit of a uh, savings buffer in yes. order to start this and fund it. Yes. Um, but ultimately, it's a very competitive space uh, with a lot of established brands in the market. Um, how did you test or validate that there was demand for a locally made brand? Well, first of all, it's validation on Shuli, right? She she really <laughs> likes
2: ice cream, and she felt that she felt that Obi felt that there was a category in Malaysia that was available to us mm. uh, to to try, which is an homegrown artisanal ice cream that 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 makes ice cream locally using really amazing local ingredients, uh, and the ice cream is fresh. So we we embarked on that journey. Hopefully, the taste buds and the product that we've made actually resonates with Malaysians as opposed to made somewhere overseas or made in, a, in an industrial setting. So we were true to ourselves and hopefully that was what the customers or what our customers saw in us as well and they share our same preference they share our same uh, liking for the taste of ice cream that we have made so that was by far the most important thing for us right because we start a business to satisfy the customer needs and as long as we continue to satisfy the customer needs our business can thrive or our business can grow so that is a very important part of our
0: dna uh, even today I wonder if you could also consider the fact that the Bangsa outlet was an MVP to kind of suss out whether there was demand to make this go further. Yes, Was that part and parcel of the journey? Uh, We we always knew that we had to grow a bit,
2: like we had to grow at some point in time. Uh, We did give up fairly uh, lucrative careers to do this, so we did have (laughs) limited time frames available to us. Uh, When I say limited, I mean like, you know, 5, 10 years and that was it, right? If if we didn't make it in that 5 or 6 year range, we either have to pivot or we have to go back to our corporate jobs. And that was actually our backup plan. Uh, testing out the mvp in bangsa was definitely something that uh, we set out to do we set out to do uh, even today we are still constantly testing out what the what the concept is and what the customer expect of us so testing out the mvp doesn't really stop at least for 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 a brand for at least for in i think in the fmb space right it's actually quite tough and you constantly have to pivot or you constantly have to improve or you constantly have to understand what customers want uh, if not if not customers will get stale and bored Mm. and as you said it's such a competitive space uh, in the food and beverage sector because the barriers of entry is so low younger guys newer guys are always coming up with better newer ideas how do you adopt them into
0: your current business model Uh, that's the one that we constantly have to work on so at what point uh, did the three of you feel or did you feel that this business wouldn't just survive but that it would thrive given the opportunity cost
2: uh, I would say I would say when we when we did our third or fourth outlet, or when we did our third outlet, and we felt that like, hey, this could be scalable, this could be scalable, and uh, it could actually match our opportunity costs uh, of leaving our previous jobs, but also we felt that there was a factor into it that was soft, not just financial, uh, from a personal growth standpoint, from a people growth standpoint, uh, it was something that. That was very that I was very passionate about to to be able to work with uh i would say not 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 to say that people in finance um, are not appreciative but people <laughs> that have less opportunity or more everyday persons mm. so developing uh the store people developing uh executives in our organization that was very that was very important to me to see people grow like what I always tell the younger guys in the office my, my, my ideal success metric is not how much I'm worth because I don't spend a lot of money it's more of like 10-20 years down the road how many people call me up for a coffee that used to work with me and say to me hey Edmund, we had a really good time I really learned a lot from you that to me is like the ideal success metric and not like Edmund, you are a, you know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and we'll, leave, a, we'll leave it we'll at that. Leave, we'll leave it at that, right? We'll leave <laughs> it at
2: that, right? But it's, it's not an easy journey, right? It's not an easy journey because you still have to balance out making money, you still have to balance out. Uh, your your KPIs, you have to balance out everything. So we're not saying everybody like jump with joy to work work every Mm. day. Uh, It's just balancing that out. And like, yeah, with the benefit of hindsight, oh yeah, that was a really good time. So that to me is the ideal success
0: metric. Yeah, I also like the fact that you guys have built such a strong brand and I think there's more room for that to grow. In this country, we have so many uh, manufacturers who are back and who are some of the biggest in the world, but we don't really know uh, who they are. So it's good to see companies going out, building brand and taking these brands uh, larger. And we'll touch a little bit on, on that in a few minutes, uh, Edmund. Folks, I've been speaking with Edmund Tan, co-founder of the homegrown ice cream chain, Inside Scoop. I'm Roshan Karnison. You're listening to Open for Business. We'll be back in just a bit. So keep it here to BFM 89.9, the business station.
1: Open for Business will reopen in a few moments. Powered by BossBolle.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. Before Friday materializes. BFM 89.9 Open for Business is powered by BossBolle.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. BFM 89.9, welcome back to
0: Open for Business. I'm Roshan and This morning, I'm speaking with Edmund Tan, co-founder of the homegrown ice cream chain Inside Scoop. Um, Edmund, earlier we talked a little bit. We were a bit nostalgic talking about the early days, about yep, Bangsa, yep. about the journey. Your ex-girlfriend, <laughs> now turned wife, who is also your co-founder. Yes. Uh, and of course, the the, the conf- what gave you confidence to leave uh your then lucrative uh, finance jobs and start this uh, journey in entrepreneurship, which is inherently risky. I just want I have one more question about the early days and talk to us a little bit about um, what it was like, uh, the process behind the the R and D that went into. Because your flavors were what caught attention is what the local content essentially was what caught attention. So talk to us a little bit about the R and D that went into um, developing flavors and recipes, as well as how you experimented with the concept for the bangsa store yep ice
2: cream is ice cream right
0: at the end of the day it's cold it's sweet it's mm. milky there's nothing new sounds about great. it like it sounds <laughs> great right it sounds great that's,
2: you don't need to you don't need to you don't need to over complicate the factors around it it's just these three elements but it's also about what you enjoy like what what your preference is so our 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 ultimate test for me at least is and, and that's why i still go to the store pretty often is that when customers first put that like taster in your mouth. What is your reaction? Mm. That that reaction, you cannot lie. You cannot act it out. It's just your reaction, right? So to me, that R&D process, yes, you can create very interesting flavors. You can do a lot of stuff. But when the customers put that, in the mouth for the very first time and say, I want that. That is the ultimate goal. So in terms of R&D, yes, we, we, we go around, we'll look for inspiration, we'll, we'll understand the science behind ice cream. Surely we went to Gelato University, obviously, we'll test a lot of different ingredients, and then we'll, we'll experiment with it. And then we'll churn out like five or six different variants of flavors, like at a whim and fancy. But the ultimate test for us is still what the customers feel at the end of it. But we we do a lot of engagement series with our customers so like for example this weekend we are we're testing out various series of lotus biscoff cheesecake huh. i'm not sure if you had our lotus biscoff cheesecake before i think it's pretty good i think it's pretty good but can it be amazing i think it can be so is that this never ending quest for perfection right like iterating seeing if there's a maybe i maybe I personally, or Shirley personally, likes a very thick or very creamy flavor. But mm. customers generally like a lighter, more subtle one. So uh. we'll just go around that, and then we'll just iterate around that. But the core essence behind ice cream is still the same: it's cold, it's sweet, it's tasty. That's it,
0: right? It's so easy. It's so easy to make, but so hard to master. I have a oh, very perfect. very important question, Edmund. Yes. Can we volunteer for the tasting? Is that possible? Uh, I can, Is there a list can, that we can, can join? Can, can, can. can, can. <laughs> I'm I can make, for, it, happen. I can can make it happen. Make it happen. Make it happen, yeah. <laughs> um, but, but importantly, I guess with this tasting and this engagement you do with, with customers, um, do you find yourself, uh, what have you learned about the uh, customers in Malaysia in terms of their the, the taste profile, what they enjoy, what they don't enjoy?
2: Uh, it's it's preference. At the end of the day, it's preference. It's about which segment of the market you want to address. Mm. And also recognising that uh, products have a shelf life or like recipes have a shelf life in a sense that... Uh, as even we, we, we have empirically proven to ourselves at least, we have not changed our recipes, but customers come to us and tell us, hey, your ice cream is not as good anymore. And that's that's just feedback that we receive wholeheartedly. But we look at our recipe cards, we look at the processes, it's basically the same. So there are changes in customer preference, like what I mentioned to you earlier, that we continually have to address and change over time. Because people's preference for sweetness, for fat, for for how, how the way product feels in your mouth changes Mm. over time and it changes together with an advancement or or experiences that customers continue to have, not just from a brand like ours, from the other international brands and from other things as well. So that's quite important. Um, True to to ourselves, the most
0: important thing is what the customers want at that point in time. And when you were developing the brand and the concept, and as it is what it's today, was there a strategy in place, or did it just? Come I out? wish there
2: was a strategy <laughs> so that we don't have to go back and redo the stores over and over again. Uh, no, there, there, there is there is some level of guidelines. There is some level of guidelines. What we wanted to feel, we wanted to feel like your second home. Uh, obviously, you guys know who I stole that uh, stole that line from. Uh, we <laughs> wanted to be a second home somewhere that people feel comfortable with. Um, yeah that's about it right like go 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 forth to an inside scoop store like you're going to somewhere familiar and Mm. and seeking that 10 15 20 minute like escape for a while or like just catch up with your friends for an hour over over a scoop of ice cream as opposed to a cup of coffee so that was quite important that was quite important to us from a brand slash store feel standpoint other than that I think as we continue to engineer our stores a bit more, obviously, there are more people involved. There are designers involved now in the store and all that stuff. But I feel that at the end of the day, let's cut through all of that. How do the customers feel when they go into our store is by far the most important metric.
0: Now, building a brand is no easy feat. And as I mentioned earlier, uh, in Malaysia, we have some of the biggest manufacturers, OEMs in the world um, that make the final product for a lot of the big brands, uh, whether it's the rubber glove industry, even let's say Carrex, for example, yes. the biggest condom maker in the yes. world, but does anyone know who that is? Yes. Um, you guys are doing something great. You're building a brand and you're helping put Malaysia on the map in terms of business. Um, and we have, we've had obviously a few brands in the past who've done that. Some people, you know, uh, not everyone can fly. These certain brands evoke a certain feeling. Looking back, what were the key factors that led to the brand that you've built today and the brand equity that you've earned? Was I know you said there was no strategy early on, but it's been 11 years. I'm sure along the way, there's a, there's a process in place now.
2: The the brand comes back down to the DNA. I think we're still we're still only in Malaysia at the moment mm-hmm. uh, with one or two outlets in Singapore, uh, with one outlet in Singapore, sorry. We are still fairly local. Um, I wouldn't claim that we are you know, internationally recognized yeah. and all yet. Would we like to get there? Yes, great. And I think we can get there by being true true to ourselves uh, in Malaysia and also recognising our heritage and also moving and taking that experience overseas. So for me, the biggest the biggest impact of a brand is actually to be true to your customers. Mm-hmm. I feel that that's by far the most important thing that we forget sometimes. As, a, as an organizer, sometimes we forget in our quest to chase for revenue, in our quest to do something artistic or fun for ourselves, <laughs> we shocks and a bit, we forget what the customers want. So I think that is by far the most important thing when building a brand, right? There's only so much a nice billboard, a nice logo can do to you uh, for, for a company. And I think it's important, don't get me wrong, businesses exist today uh, or businesses exist for a long period of time because they address the customer needs and the customer wants. So how do we make sure that that is inbuilt into our brand? I think that's that's the one that we continue to do
0: so every day and remind ourselves. Uh, yeah, and, and try and do it as best as we can. What have been some of the key marketing strategies or customer acquisition strategies over the Last eleven years that have really panned out for you guys. I know it's a bit of a long asking yes, eleven yes, years, yes, yes, but yes, I'm sure it of evolved. Course, but of course. give us think, a sense for that.
2: I think I think the one that we have the most fun and customers appreciate the most is of course free ice cream. <laughs> 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 Who doesn't like free ice cream, right? Who doesn't like free ice cream, right? So for our anniversaries, uh, we we actually basically basically it started out as oh thank you we 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 exist one year after our opening in Bangsa let's give everyone free ice cream right, and that was the background of our free ice cream. Day uh, that's usually held towards the end of November, early Mm. December, which is when we started our first Bangsa store, or when we signed the list for our first Bangsa store. So that's pretty fun. We also try and do a lot more cult stuff. Mm. So I think we are the first Ramadan ice cream buffet. Uh, I would dare say the first Ramadan ice cream buffet uh, brand in Malaysia. So we we started a concept where during Ramadan people go for a lot of hotel and restaurant buffets like hey why not make it an ice cream buffet and that was quite fun and it was quite mad actually uh, on some <laughs> days because you get you get semi, semi-hangry people that come there and say <laughs> I want to eat all the ice creams I can in the world and then you go like yeah can you, can you give us a minute like it's, it's, it's a lot of people to go through right so that, that was quite fun I think that the atmosphere on those nights are really great and i really enjoy it um yeah we we do a lot more of things along that tangent Mm. as opposed to very big strong marketing brand campaigns i think that's what our dna is about like a bit more cultish a bit more fun driven a bit more customer centric
0: yeah but it's also because you're building this this relationship with a niche audience at first right and then you're Building the fan base and then that spills over into yes. what you are uh, today. Um, and anyway, when we've got to go into the ten thirty AM news bulletin, when we come okay. back, we'll talk a little bit about uh, growth expe- expectations going forward, as well as what the next stage looks like for Inside Scoop. Okay. So sure. don't run away, just yeah, uh, folks. I've been speaking with Edmund Dunn, co-founder of the homegrown ice cream chain Inside Scoop. I'm Roshan Kanderson. You're listening to Open for Business. We're going into the ten thirty AM news bulletin, and we'll be back right after that. So keep it here to BFM eighty nine point nine. The business station.
1: Open for Business will reopen in a few moments. Powered by Bospole.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. Blues, Folk, Metal. BFM 89.9. Open for Business is powered by Bospole.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary.
0: BFM 89.9, welcome back to Open for Business. I'm Roshan Karnasen, and this morning I'm speaking with Edmund Tan, co-founder of the homegrown ice cream chain Inside Scoop. Edmund, uh, during the first half an hour of this conversation, we've talked a lot about the early days, the branding, the building, the concept. And today you're over 40 outlets, uh, in 2021, I think you did about 36 million in revenue. So the business has come a long way. And of course we had the, you had the 65% stake taken up by farm fresh last year. Um, Talking about that acquisition, it was reported during that time that InsightScoop's revenue grew from 10 million ringgit in 2017 to 36, about 36 million ringgit in 2021, which represented a compounded annual growth rate of 38%, uh, which is very impressive. Uh, that said, is that? Is that growth rate something you're expecting to continue going forward, or should we expect that to start slowing down? Given that you know you're no longer a small business anymore.
2: Well, we did start from a very low base, zero. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> obviously, that's uh, that's 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 not going to sustain forever
2: and ever. Um, for for us, we, we still do see growth. Uh, we still do see growth. We will continue to add outlets over the course of the next couple of years, uh, as and when opportunities become available. But yes, the, the easy locations are already done. But we also, we also only tapped a very small segment of the market and we believe that the, the, the acceptance of our brand can be a lot larger throughout Malaysia. So we do see a lot of opportunities in, in untapped, untapped locations. Uh, yeah. Is there more you can share in terms of that, in terms of what? Yeah, do you I mean, like, I mean Inside Scope today is still a very Clang Valley mm-hmm. uh, focused brand, right? Even within Clang Valley, our coverage is still fairly limited. So there's there's a lot of spots to, to fill. like if you look at the, if you look at our radius to per store, it's still it's still a fairly long way out from each other other than in the core pj area which is where we grew up (laughs) and where we're a lot more familiar with Mm -hmm. so there is still i think still a fair bit of opportunity that they that that presents itself of course the the store impact is going to be not as good i think but i could be wrong i have been wrong i've been pleasantly surprised before Uh, but yeah there's there's still there's still room in the market because ice cream is such a large category right and as you mentioned our revenue is only a sliver of what the total ice cream market is Mm. in the whole of malaysia
0: this reminds me a lot of the Starbucks strategy in the early days, particularly in the American market, right? Which is have a Starbucks on every corner. Don't worry about we, could, we don't we don't have to worry about franchisees and radiuses, yes. We just want it on every corner, and they create that uh, third space, as uh, as Howard Schultz used to put it. Yes. Um, so you've grown quite a bit. There's more to grow going forward. Yes. Although we'll wait and see whether you maintain that 38% CAGR. Yep. Um, in terms of profitability, given your background and the background of the other two co-founders as well, finance has always been a top of mind or at least has been, there's a certain level of financial maturity there and yes. a bit of conservatism as well. Okay, um, Talk to us about the profitability of this uh, venture. Well, um, adding marginal stores
2: obviously will increase our dollar value more. Mm. I think you will increase our dollar value more. But of course, the percentages may come off la, um, as we continue to build up more. And that's just the reality of the maturity of the business, like what you mentioned. <laughs> Is it going to come off a whole lot? I don't think so. I hope not. Uh, I hope not. And I think I'll just leave it at that. Mm. We'll, we'll see how, how things turn out um, organically. Mm. Uh, and hopefully, we will continue to make the right decisions uh, rather than uh, be
0: forced into you know growth mm. for the sake of growth and, and vice versa. Uh, I know now you're a subsidiary of a public listed company, so there's going to be a limited amount of the numbers that we can get into. Uh, but, I mean, uh, Loy Twenty of Farm Fresh was on the grill yesterday, yes, yeah. so I'm sure some things were shared there. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about the margins i guess before the acquisition uh, was that uh, was that information available is there anything you can talk about there
2: yeah i think the margins uh, are oh. in the, uh, the announcements that uh, farm fresh has put out um so yeah we, we were quite happy with how things have shot. we were running very lean we were we were punching above our weight and we con- and we still continue to do so in today's space uh, that's 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 how we continue to maintain our margins and try and find more innovative ways around it so together with farm fresh today with with more security of supply uh, With larger scale, hopefully, we will continue to remain competitive. We are transitioning from a from a wholesale—not say wholesale—from a commercial business to a to a a larger scale that we have more cost benefits. So, hopefully, that some of that will come through, while still staying true to our quality,
0: which is what our customers want from us, at least on the Inside Scoop front. And a big part of that filing, or at least a key note that I took from that, was the fact that uh, one of the expectations is that. From the filing onwards, uh, InSight Scoop would double its store count in the medium term yep. um, which seems to be and it's something you mentioned a few times is that the key strategy for growth and where are you in terms of this uh, expansion
2: I think we'll still continue to grow our stores organically um, medium term you know is one three five years uh, somewhere somewhere in between right assuming that we add one store every month or every couple of months we, we will get there fairly easily because we have, our base is very low we're only at 40 something stores today going to like 60 70 stores should be should be doable for us. I guess the, the quantum leap for us and the one that makes my journey a bit more interesting mm. is us moving into the package space together with Farm Fresh, which is what they're really good at. So think about it as we'll run two parallels now. One is in the scoop shop space and then another one is in the package good space. So hopefully we'll have a bit of fun there uh, <laughs> and continue to do and continue to bring the DNA there. Of course, it's a very different product. It's a very different segment.
0: Hopefully that will be a bit of fun. So CPG is going to be the next frontier and hopefully the next growth trajectory for you?
2: I think it's it's the next quantum leap for us. Uh, is it a tested space for us? No. It's a big risk for us, obviously. And hopefully with with the likes of with, with the backing of Farm Fresh and together with the, the DNA and the team that we've put together, that risk is lower, obviously. <laughs> it's a very large space. It's a very large space. But let's not underestimate how competitive that space is in, right? Like the big boys play there, the small boys play there, the medium boys play there everyone plays there la, and except us. La. So <laughs> I, think, I think we need to really bring our A-game there and hopefully address uh, what the customers in that segment wants from us. Mm. I think that's 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 still the part that we are discovering as we
0: go along this particular journey. Uh, I think I'll leave the questions about CPG and the difference in the processes for when you launch a CPG product. Okay, sure, uh, product, sure. Um, given the, the time that we have left. Um, but it sounds that, like outlet growth and CPG is going to be the main way for growth going forward. Yes, um, talk to us a little bit about that relationship uh, with uh, Loitwani and Farm Fresh. Right now, they are your your subsidiary of yes. the group right now. Um, what else do they expect from you and Insights Group? and vice versa? What is the value that they, they bring to the cap table aside the funding?
2: I think as with all uh, as with all investments, obviously your shareholders expect the most out of you from a financial <laughs> return standpoint, <laughs> la. But uh, having said that, having said that, uh, jokes aside, having said that, I think I think we are fairly aligned in the sense that the, the popular misconception is that Edmund has sold his shares and then Edmund's going to retire into the sunset, mm. right? Um, Actually, Shuli and I rolled over majority of our portions into the business. So we have, of course, uh, taken a bit of money off the table, but it's not like a whole lot of money. So we intend to stay around for a long time uh, to continue to to run this particular business and to see where it takes us because... it's quite interesting. It's quite an interesting proposition, right? Uh, and hopefully, or not hopefully, uh, as as we continue to discover our relationship with Farmfresh, we do run fairly independently with fairly good inputs from uh, Mr. Loy uh, and Cairo uh, on the board level. So, on a day-to-day basis, they are not so involved with us. But we do try and keep them updated on on like major like updates or things that, that go along the line, like at the board level. Uh. But day to day wise, I think the the relationship is turning out fairly well, and of course with the with the acquisition of Sinwa, it also gives us an insight to what what scale the CPG can be at, and yeah, it's it's a symbiotic relationship, right? Like seeing what. What other people see mutually, uh, and and learning from their particular insights and their point of view, and I think that's that's quite important to us because, Shuli and I, being day to day operators of uh, brick and mortar business, sometimes we see things a certain way. Uh, having a different perspective makes our journey quite interesting as well to show us like what, what are we missing and what can we do better? What are we doing well today? Recognising what are we doing well today? So that those things are quite important.
0: Uh, the Sinhua acquisition by Fresh, uh from my understanding, also allows for uh, a stronger supply chain, cold chain. And if, when you head into the CPG uh, path, that you are able to supply that product in a much more reliable manner. Yeah. Um, exports, part of the longer term growth story?
2: I think uh, for us, the most important objective for me uh, over the next 12, 24 months is basically to get a CPG product up, uh, uh, not, not, not just to get it up, like get a really good product out uh, and continue to continue to make sure we steer the ship well on the scoop shop front. Um, don't, don't not forgetting the customers that have brought us to where we are today, um, so that we don't lose focus and we don't lose our core customer base. Right? If exports come along, great. Let's have a chat. But for us, the highest priority is to make sure we're true to our DNA at the inside scoop level, and make sure we have a CPG product
0: that can be enjoyed by all. Mm. I think that that vision to me is very clear. That yeah. that looks to be the next stage, right? a yeah. CPG product uh, with farm fresh in your corner now. That's the longer ambition: building a good CPG product that. Will help you scale much further, and that's going to, re- I think, uh, require a lot of work, as you've yes. mentioned. Um, to wrap up this conversation, Edwin, uh you've already kind of alluded to this. Um, it's been 11 years. Uh, how much longer do you and your co-founders expect to be actively involved in the business? I think, for
2: for me, life is a journey, right? Life is a journey, or career is a journey. As j- career is a journey in life, as much as anything else. Um, I, I don't have any plans to leave the business. Honestly, yes, there is a bit of an exit clause when 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 the time comes, but but how to say it's it's a it's an interesting journey. Actually, the the CPG category that we have today is. It's a quantum leap to where we were before. Mm. It's quite a different business altogether. It's basically starting something new to a certain extent. Yes, it's leveraging some of our experience in ice cream, but it, it's, it's quite an exciting and interesting journey. Actually, it's, uh, the, the, the flip side of the question is what people don't ask me sometimes. And I'm going to force you to ask me. <laughs> uh, I'm going to answer that question without you asking me. It's along the lines of, if we, didn't, if we didn't embark on this journey, Shirley and I would more likely be bored with our jobs and more likely mm. to leave than where we are currently. Because what we're going to do today is not a one, two, three year project. It's a five to seven or five to 10 year project, right? And in order to see like really good results, and when I say results, I don't just mean financial results, right? I mean, product market to category, uh, product market uh, market fit and everything else. So I, I don't see why we would just end our journey really quickly. La. Uh, so that to me is, is, is a question that uh, I, I don't think is even up for discussion, right? Because yes, I don't jump with joy to work every single day. <laughs> Unlike a popular misconception we sell actually we jump with joy to work every day. That doesn't happen, right? But it's more along the lines of we still enjoy what we do. Yes, there are hard days. Yes, there are tough days. Yes, there are easy days. But uh, yeah, nothing easy is worth doing, right? So in this scenario, I think it's a really good journey
0: that we have. Edmund, that's a beautiful note to end this conversation on. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Folks, I've been speaking with Edmund Tan, co-founder of the homegrown ice cream chain, Inside Scoop. If you missed any part of this conversation, you can catch the full conversation on the BFM app or, the, or bfm.my. Our shows are also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other podcast players. Just look up Open for Business. And just like any good ice cream, uh, you want to share it with your friends and family as well. I'm Roshan Karnison. You've been listening to Open for Business. Keep it here to BFM 89.9. The Business Station.
1: Are you open for business? Register your company with BossBully.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary.
0: You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.